man Growing up with a cane pole in his hand Pocket full of trim sitting down by the street But leads him to the corpus bail Give him a shotgun to please his mind Give them quite a few reasons to fly Living in the city just ain't for me I want to go back to the country Take me to Texas I want to go down that open road And Take me to Texas I want to see how far this country goes And Take me to Texas I want to go down that open road and Take me to Texas I want to see how far this country goes Fill up your coffee cup, put the dog on the porch, and turn up your radio. This is the Outdoor Zone with TJ and Cody Ryan, live from the bunkhouse. There's a place up ahead and I'm going, just as fast as my feet can fly. Come away, come away, you keep going, leave the sinking ship behind. Come on. All right. Welcome into the bunkhouse, y'all. It's the Outdoor Zone live in the bunkhouse. I'm TJ Graney, your host. And we are uh, just an old tin shack on the back of the ranch. But we call it home every Sunday morning live right here on the Outdoor Zone Radio Network. 7 to 9 on Sundays live or 24-7-365 at theoutdoorzone.com. You can... uh, uh, I'm TJ Graney, the host, and you can track us on theoutdoorzone.com. You can check us on Facebook under the Outdoor Zone. Oh my gosh! What? You doubted me? I didn't doubt you. I just <laughs> thought you were taking your time getting in, driving up the road. No road rush. Road didn't take my time at all, actually. I'm TJ Graney. That's Cody Ryan. Of course it is. Uh, Road Rash is the ranch hand that gets here early and makes sure he uh, the old gate the gate gets open and the old potbelly stove gets cranked up and he does a fine job of it with the smile on his face. Uh, I was just asking Road Rash. So here's the deal, and if you've listened to the show at all, you know that Road Rash's girlfriend is a vegan. And so I just asked him, how did Thanksgiving go? How did you, <laughs> how did you navigate that? Because we have uh, Aunt Gloria, my wife's uh, aunt, is vegan. Uh, I mean, she is the complete opposite of us. It's the worst. And she, <laughs> and she comes to our house and we accommodate that around all the meat. And I mean, she sees us eating the... You know the flesh and the. I don't uh, accommodate much for her. Yeah, you'd love on her, and so, and uh, but you tried said, to have a conversation with the turkey leg in my hand, but she wasn't very. <laughs> no, she adapted. tries to look away. Yeah, uh, but road rash. We were uh, when I got here this morning uh, to the bunkhouse. I was asking you how did y'all navigate that, and you said that you went to your parents' house, where the turkey overfloweth right yeah no we had god i think it was an 18 pound bird oh yeah oh yeah, yeah. Come lots on. of turkey out there uh, 
But uh, yeah, then she went to uh, one of her friends' house and they were having a field roast, which I didn't know was a thing. I guess it's just kind of an amalgamation of, you know, different veggies ground up and rolled up into some kind of weird tight roll thing and then they cook it in the oven. And make Shaped it- Shaped like a bird. Try to make it <laughs> taste like a bird. <laughs> I mean, they do everything to try and make it meaty. Yeah. Oh, and, no, yeah. They, they want it. They just won't eat it. And then you said- and then you said that she eats pasta? Yeah, she'll eat pasta. She'll eat Oh my god, she'll ruin spaghetti. Like that's See, and you got to use <laughs> you got to use I'm almost positive you have to use eggs to make pasta. I don't think you can make pasta without eggs. Somebody I'm, looked that up. I don't know. I don't know. What is that? That's 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 so, vegan I mean it, though. Or that's strict uh I mean there's there's vegetarian and there's vegan and there's pescadorian or pes Pesca, where they'll eat fish or they don't eat fish. I don't know which one it is, but I mean, there's there's some different elements and levels. Like it's a it's like it's like Super Mario Brothers. You know, when you're playing video games, you got to get to the next level. You know, you level up. <laughs> you so, eat the mushroom okay, and you get bigger. If, if you if you had uh, if you had what what is your favorite food? from thanksgiving Ooh, that's hard i think it would be the turkey Turkey. honestly oh yeah because i mean that's that's probably the i'm 180 percent the other direction you're the ham you're you're ham well i'm a ham guy but i i do not like i'll steer away from turkey turkey's just not see i'm not a huge turkey fan either you're but my wife yeah she is Everything about the Centered white the turkey, turkey meat, you know, and she'll eat it. And she goes white meat too. She loves the white turkey meat, wow. like that's her thing. I don't understand the point. Now, me, I so what I like. So one day I would go vegetarian because I like the green bean casserole, baby. Oh yeah, okay. You well, know what I mean. I'm the I'm the cranberry sauce guy. And I like, and it's terrible because I like the kind that comes from the can that doesn't have any cranberries in it. It's just like Jello or whatever. And I read something. Make it cold. This year, slice it up. This year, give me the that, whole thing. That that uh, uh, can of cranberry sauce is like down in popularity by like seventy percent or something. Something crazy like that. There Dang was millennials! Stat, what is the matter stat with you guys? About the canned. Well, what are they? Cranberry. Do, so sauce. Are they getting fresh cranberries. Does it say what the what? No, cranberry sauce is losing all favor with what? Thanksgiving. It's an old people thing, I think. <laughs> oh. It's like it's like candy corn and and canned cranberries. They're out. Candy corn's out. <laughs> Christmas is going away, folks. <laughs> anyway, so uh, Thanksgiving, we made it through Thanksgiving. I just got back from Georgia. I've been in Georgia the last five days. I was uh, flew into Atlanta, drove about an hour and a half northwest to Rome, Georgia, where Mrs. Graney, I just love that little town. I mean, it is, and they are working on it hard. Yeah. I mean, they are making the downtown. It is just, I, I, we dig that little town. And then we were out at, uh, we were at another, at, a, at an event and it's on a college campus, largest college campus, I think, maybe in the world. And uh, what is By it? By acreage. By acreage. 
like hundreds of thousands, like 200, no, maybe it's 20,000, but apparently it's the biggest campus and, um, but they, it was, it's overrun with deer. And every year when we're there, they have signs up where they won't let you go into certain areas because they're doing managed land hunts. (laughs) Yeah. And we were there. Students drawing tags. (laughs) No, I don't think it is. Mm. But we were there, and you could see where they'd have the signs like "Don't go into this area" because we'd go hike down the roads and stuff, and uh, and there'd be like an old pickup truck there. And then uh, in the mornings, when I'd get up, I'd get up super early just to watch the sunrise and stuff. And you'd hear this, <laughs> and I'm just like, <laughs> "Oh, dude!" And I, I'd be keeping my eye open because I want to see a guy trying to starting to drive out, you know, because I right. want to look in the back of his truck and talk to him. <laughs> Because I'm at this conference, you know, and I'm like, oh, man, I just want to talk to a deer hunter. That's funny. So, but it was it, population control, uh, hundreds of deer on this place. And, you know, it's federal protected state, whatever campus stuff. And so yeah. it all had to be managed a certain way. And Right. I go every year to this conference. It's like five years in a row. And like two years ago, I tried to figure out how to get a. One of the tags to go. Yeah, and remember, I went to to L.A. a couple months ago, Lower Alabama, to the, speak at that. L.A. Uh, yeah, that's what they call it. <laughs> and uh, I went and Lower spoke Alabama. at that uh, uh, iron. It was called Ironworks. It was that big. Right, right, right. Once a month, these guys get together and they have a steak dinner. And the guy who runs that, Chris, was there, and he's an he's a lo- Lower Alabama dude. And he goes, he goes, T.J. I got my rifle and my uh, deer stand in the back of my truck. <laughs> I said, dude, don't tell me that. That's not all right. <laughs> You're going to cause me to c- commit a felony <laughs> at a church retreat. Oh, it was uh, it was good. So got back from that. It was beautiful, you know, just an incredible last couple of days. And the weather was here good too, right? Just Yeah, no, or... it was nice here. After Thanksgiving, we did the... Uh, what I was told our annual trip to the ranch, uh, to the in-laws, oh, yeah. in-laws ranch. I, I was told that because that's my wife acts like it was, uh, it's just what we do after Thanksgiving. Like, uh, yeah, we go every Thanksgiving. I'm like, okay, <laughs> well, right. well, tradition's got to start somewhere. Uh, I can't think I of something I would, yeah, I guess I can't fault, find fault with that. No. And I guess we've gone the last, couple of years or whatever so it is tradition and then you are at the farm too because you went and got a bunch of well pine i cones. didn't i didn't she went to the farm but we after thanksgiving we went to the ranch uh i i shot an old doe and uh man that was a weird deal that doe was like 100 years old it was ancient T- toothless yeah just toothless and just it was it was weird um but anyway uh, got that, got that deer. And that You're not going to talk about that shot? Well, I, <laughs> I, yeah, I mean, it was a Intra- upper, upper shoulder, uh, shot, which was <laughs> meant for the neck, but it took out half of the back. It was gnarly. It was gross. Yeah. I didn't mess up any, any shoulders locks, or, or hams or anything. Yeah. Well, those Remington core locks, I'm telling you, no exploding tip, none of that stuff. Yeah, no, bio, don't get fancy. Biometrical spin that. Uh, and yeah. I'm not sponsored by Whatever. any Remington or anything, but those Remington core locks, 
they're soft, I think, is the deal. I think the bullet is soft. Right. So when it hits something, it just opens up and just takes everything out with it. And that's a bad I'm a bullet. huge fan of those. I, I love and they're the cheaper one. They're the cheaper bullets. Right, right. They're not the most expensive by uh-uh. any means. But they shoot good too, and I think that's yeah. because they're yeah. soft and so they grab the rifling inside the barrel. And but you notice when you carry them around after a couple of weeks when you got them in your pocket, then they go in your truck and then they go and they finally make it back, you know, you notice the tip on them can be like bent a little bit or something. <laughs> yeah. You got to kind of sand them down or kind of like bend them back. <laughs> I know that the tip on them, that drives me nuts. You know, it probably doesn't make any difference when you're shooting at a hundred yards or whatever. That the tip of well, it's the, been, the purists or, would say, "Oh my gosh, you must have those. Yeah, you must but, reweigh those." <laughs> <laughs> right, but it drives me nuts to have them smash. I'll actually put those at the back of the box. You know. Well, we'll talk a little bit more about all that good stuff. We got uh, one of the fastest growing sports in the country is archery, and Central Texas. There's only one true archery shop, and that's Archery Country. Staff and owners at Archery Country are not part-time shooters. They're avid bow hunters and 3D shooters that hunt and compete. Archery Country has Austin's only full-size range. How about a crossbow? It's hunting season. It's still hunting season. Go by and see our buddies at Archery Country. 8120. Oh, and uh, their Christmas sales and uh, all the new Matthews bows and stuff. Now's the time to snag one. 8121 Research. Just go to AustinArcheryCountry.com. AustinArcheryCountry.com. We'll talk a little fishing on the flip side, plus your new of the weird all your favorite segments you're listening to the number one outdoor radio show in texas thank you for hanging out with us it is the outdoor zone find us 24 7 365 at theoutdoorzone.com hey american blood brothers this is ted nugent on the outdoor zone live from the bunkhouse with my blood brother TJ, whack them and stack them, would you? All right, welcome back, regulators. This is the Outdoor Zone, number one outdoor show on radio right here on the Outdoor Zone Radio Network, available live here on Sundays or 24-7, 365 at the Outdoor Zone dot com everybody at some point needs to have their vehicle repaired and it can it can be hard to find a mechanic you can trust we use our friends at sun auto service sun auto service is family owned and operated auto repair and maintenance company since 1978 when it comes to your auto repair and maintenance needs brake repairs transmission service sun automotive sincerely appreciates having the opportunity to serve you at the sun auto service repair shop nearest you sun auto service is has locations all around Central Texas, our little family locations for the 405 West Slaughter Lane. There's one at 1300 Medical Parkway in Cedar Park, one at 1403 Rivery Boulevard in Georgetown, and Lakeway, 1206 Ranch Road 620. Just go to sunautoservice.com for more information, and their Facebook page always has good information and specials on it. Sun Automotive, sunautoservice.com. Oh, fishing news from Cody Ryan. Um, yeah, a little, uh, man, I'm just, I, you know, I, I, I sat on the computer for hours yesterday doing different, uh, work 
items, and and one of them being obviously uh, show prep stuff and looking for fishing stuff. And uh, man, I just kind of got, I just was not excited about the fishing, fishing news. news. I, I I wasn't excited about any of it. I'm not excited about uh, the. I mean, it just feels like in the bass fishing world and the tournament world that, you know, kind of makes the fishing world go round in a lot of ways. Uh, it's just been so much like <clears throat> flip-flop and turmoil and changes and angry people and upset people and excited people. And I just kind of like, I'm like, whatever. I'm I'm so... I'm so over it. I didn't think about the so, the social media element. Oh my gosh! Of what? Because I I know how like when you have like bass, you know, local town bassfishing dot org and they or dot com and they do, you know, it's a forum and somebody gets pissed off about something and it just goes and there's like twenty. I never thought about yeah so, industry wide. Right, where those comments well, and this guy Fletcher Shryock, for example, he's uh him and his brother. His brother finally made the Elite Series. I fished against his brother for several years in the Bassmaster Opens, trying to make the Bassmaster Elite Series. Well, Fletcher made it like his second year or something that he tried um, years ago, ten years ago, whatever it was, and. Uh, you know, the kind of story was, you know, professional dirt biker turns to professional angler or whatever. Um, well, he's kind of had a, eh, whatever career, but he did get an invite to major league fishing when the pro bass tour, bass pro tour started last year. Um, a couple of guys, I think I'd mentioned last week that a couple of guys, you know, have broken off and are making the move. Gerald Swindle, Brandon Palinuk, and 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 then Fletcher goes on and makes a statement. And if you follow the bass world, you you know all about it. He goes on and makes some comment about sheep and wolves and leaving a. I'd rather run with a pack of wolves and a pack of sheep or something like that. When those two guys leave. Talking, you know, that he's running with the wolves when he's, you know, wasn't going to qualify for the Bassmaster Elite Series again anyway. You know, I mean, just stuff like that where he right. just, he's not a wolf in yeah, a pack of wolves. He's not a Kevin Van Dam. He's not a... He's got a big old head. He's got a big head. And so, uh, which is fine, you know, sometimes you make those comments on social media. Thousands and thousands of comments have been made. Uh, I mean, it was a total disaster, but it, it, all that, if you follow that, if you follow that world, you know that that happened, but, um, it's just got me so burned out. I'm just burned out on the whole thing. It appears that, uh, FLW is struggling for their pro circuit, not the, for the pro circuit. So major league fishing bought FLW couple of months ago, month ago, two months ago, whatever. And uh, now the FLW Tour is now the FLW Pro Circuit, and you fish that to try and qualify for Major League Fishing. So really, it's not even the Pro Circuit anymore. So now you got one more. It's like 
single A, double A, triple A majors, you know. <laughs> now you're breaking it way down. And uh and so you got a got a lot of guys that have left, you know, the Scott Martins, the you know, I mean there's a bunch of guys. They're leaving FLW. Leaving FLW because they don't want to fish the minor league, pay that much money to fish that and not have the exposure as, you know, fishing one of the top leagues. Now it's the not the top dog at their organization, right? MLF right. is the top dog at their organization, not the FLW Pro Series. Uh, so you got a lot of guys leaving. Uh, apparently it's hard to fill those 150 spots being that uh, there's guys getting invitations that were in the, you know, 30s and Angler of the Year points in the Costa Series, which is where they pull up your tour anglers from. So, uh, I mean, I, I, you know, I have buddies that say, I got invited to the tour. Well, then come to find out, no, a large sum of guys got picked for the tour, and they're just trying to find... Who's going to put it in their deposits? Somebody. Yeah, they just need the money. So by tomorrow, by Monday, uh, you if you got one of those emails, which I'm assuming a hundred plus guys or whatever did, you know, uh, then you have a shot to put in your deposits and see if they pick you to fish the FLW Pro Series MLFLW Pro Series <laughs> next year. So it's just interesting how uh, the whole bass fishing world has evolved and the drama behind the scenes, and really it has burned me out. I don't know what I'm going to fish next year. I don't know what I'm going to be, you know, I've got my deposits in at Bassmaster next year for the Opens, but, I, I mean, I can't compete with a Scott Martin that, ha- you know, that's registered they're obviously going to choose a scott martin over a cody ryan being that scott martin is one roland martin's son and has you know millions of dollars in earnings a couple million bucks in earnings cody ryan's got like a couple hundred bucks in earnings so well and they're going to pick a scott martin before they will me so there's a lot of these guys though that caliber bradley hallman you know i mean there's guys that are just moving back over to fish the Bassmaster Opens, trying to qualify for the Bassmaster Elite Series uh, because that's the other top dog, right? I mean, that's that's as big as it gets. So uh, our buddy David Dudley, though, you know, a good thing for him, David Dudley, a friend of, uh, of, friend our, of ours in Virginia. In Virginia, uh, of KOZ's, you yeah. know, supporter of KOZ. And um, he moved up, got the invite, and moved up to the Major League Fishing when those couple of guys left. So, I can, I'm surprised he didn't get invited right off the top. Man, well, that, that, and, that and guy's a stud. Yeah, he is. He's. He, I mean, he was a leading money earner at FLW. I in know. the FLW Tour. But uh, for years, or for, for the last year or whatever, there's been all kinds of comments and drama about uh, Brian Thrift is another one. You know, number one angler in the world, if you were to ask me right now, just finally got the invite. I don't know if they got the invite and declined it, you know, because they didn't want to leave something familiar prior. It, all that stuff is up for speculation. I mean, it's been drama for over a year, dude. It's been going on well over a year. I'm just ready for it to all Do be they over. Have, and just tell me where I can go fish. Does the. Um, I just want to go fishing. 
you know, and I want to fish Lake for Bass as much drop. No, me I want to fish for money. You don't have any money. <laughs> you just said I just want to go fishing. I want to go I'm fishing. I'm trying to help you, son. For money, I want to go fish for as much money oh, as I gosh. can. All right, I'll bet you twenty bucks I can whip your butt. <laughs> Austin's hottest new restaurant, The Shore Raw Bar and Grill, are amazing friends at The Shore, serving regional coastal cuisine, combining flavors from Texas, Louisiana, and Mexico. They have a fantastic pet-friendly patio with live music on select nights, open for lunch and dinner every day, and a killer brunch on Saturday and Sunday. Don't miss their fabulous desserts and their wonderful house-made breads. Owner Rick Wahlberg and Jim Schneider invite you to join them at Shore, located at Highway 71 West at Covered Bridge, just west of the Y and Oak Hill. The Shore Raw Bar and Grill, shoreatx.com for more information. Shoreatx.com for more information. Sorry to be Debbie Downer there. I didn't... You're not, man. Downer. You're just being real, man. Just being just, real. Yeah. Austin. Oh, oh. What are we looking at? News of the weird coming up next. It's the number one outdoor radio show in Texas. You're listening to it 24 7, 365 at theoutdoorzone.com. Foxworthy, and you're listening to two of my favorite rednecks, TJ and Cody, on the Outdoor Zone. Welcome back. It is the Outdoor Zone at the Happy Honda Day sales event. You can unwrap incredible deals that will make you, oh my gosh, you know, the kind of gift that makes you, no way. Yeah, that's basically Happy Honda Days in a chestnut shell. Get a special deal on a 2019 Accord from KBB.com's best overall brand for 2019. With 1.9% APR financing for well-qualified buyers. Save today at your Central Texas Honda dealer. CentralTexasHondaDealers.com. See dealer for financing details. Excludes hybrid models based on 2019 brand image awards from Kelly Blue Books. Visit KBB.com for more information. All right. Now it's time for your news of the weird. Huh? Wild, weird, strange, and crazy things can happen in the outdoors. We seek them out and bring them to you each and every week. It's time for the Outdoor Zone's Outdoor News of the Weird. All right, so I'm a big fan of national parks. Go travel a lot of them, but I have a national parks annual permit that gets me into the national parks it costs you like seven bucks now that you're old enough <laughs> get the senior discount. yeah i remember i remember when senior. old faithful started <laughs> uh no it's it's like 70 or 80 bucks but i buy it every year just it's it's one way I, one is i use it because i do go to some national parks every year and um but the other is i support the national parks um, millions uh, visit U.S. national parks each year. Many hoping to catch glimpses of animals, including bison, mountain goats. Wait, is this time for news of the weird? It is time, I and mean, we just did it. Oh, oh, oh! And, Sorry, and, I was reading. Rah, 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 rah. Okay. Uh, 
What they don't expect to see are the rats, domesticated cats, uh, that would not be domesticated, uh, feral hogs, and many other non-native animals that also thrive there. The number of invasive animal species in the U.S. national parks has put the protected lands under deep and immediate threat, says a new study published in Biological Invasions Journal on Monday. I didn't. That's an interesting biological invasions journal. That's a read you want to get every month in the mail. I just, I, don't, I don't have that subscription. I don't know why. I you I'm, Christmas <laughs> is right around the corner. What do you do about it? Many parks have their own methods for responding to invasive species, but the report insists that the threat is too large to be addressed on only a park-by-park basis. Instead, it says there needs to be a system-wide approach that involves everybody from National Park Service leadership down to their staff and visitors. Collaboration is the key. The public can be a part of the solution. Uh, Ashley Dayer, an assistant professor in Virginia Tech's Department of Fish and Wildlife and co-author of the report, from the most basic of making sure we don't have new introductions of invasive species such as being responsible pet owners and making sure that exotic pets that become pests aren't released. So that apparently it's a it's a pretty big deal um, when the people let um, let lizards go or snails from your Man, you could change the whole ecosystem ecosystem well, look at the water diversity. supply in austin now with the yeah yeah the snails that are clogging up everything and they try and kill them snails. and snails isn't it snails well no they're not snails they're uh oh clams or <laughs> some kind of oysters deal. They're oysters. Fresh you know, in, oysters. In, in, you can go in, I think it's Arkansas or Alabama. You can, there are freshwater oysters with pearls. No. Yeah. Well, yeah, freshwater pearls. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's a, it's a deal. They're a lot cheaper, actually, freshwater pearls. Dayer also explained that methods of the public can help out as sit, uh, methods, members of the public can help out as citizen scientists and park volunteers. Hey. We could be citizen scientists. <laughs> that I mean, you'd have like a whole range that say, "Hey, why are you carrying that gun in this park?" Well, I'm a citizen scientist. I'm getting rid of feral cats <laughs> or whatever, <laughs> feral deer. Innovative technology approaches could open many doors for the park services conservation efforts, but it would have to be done thoughtfully. Uh, it's got to be done in a way that we think it through very carefully and make sure that there aren't any adverse unintended consequences. Oh, like putting um, grass carp in the lakes. Right, to eat the... That end up eating everything and overpopulating the... And then getting washed down the river. Erosion and, and destruction and uh, to the land. I was reading... a blog recently about a a long distance hiker and they were talking about the shelters along the Appalachian trail, which they have those, which is pretty cool. It's just, they're nothing special. You know, they're just like your national park thing or logs and a plywood floor. And, uh, but they said there's, they're full of mice and rats. Oh yeah. And I didn't see them when I was hiking the trail. I didn't see any of them running around or anything, but and 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 the the guy had to be a 
you know, a little bit. Uh, What's the word? Well, I don't know. I want to say snowflake, but I mean, he's a hiker, so I don't want to say that about a, a brethren a hiker, but uh, soft footed. Ooh, that's pretty he, good. He just did. That's pretty good for, for a, a hiker, hiker, huh? Ooh, he, he has tenderfoot. Tenderfoot. There you go. There you a go. little bit of a tenderfoot because he was like worried that a <laughs> mouse would run that. over his a mouse would run over his face if he stayed in the shelter. That should uh, be our snowflake. We're gonna start a whole new trend. Hashtag tenderfoot. All right, tenderfoot instead of snowflake. Okay. Of course, I kind of got tender feet though. And I, <laughs> I don't like watching on walking on pokey rocks or anything. <laughs> Zebra mussels is what we were talking Zebra about. Zebra mussels, that's right. So, but the, um, but the, they're saying this is a, a super, super, super big problem with uh, feral animals right. getting left out. People, you know, their cats get away. They start, but I mean, or dropping off that nuisance pet, cat, pet, yeah, yeah, cat, whatever gerbil, right? Gerbil. Wonder, do people do that? They drop gerbils off out in the woods because they can't take care of them any longer. I believe that becomes hawk bait. <laughs> well, <laughs> but I wouldn't. I wouldn't doubt it. No, I'm sure it's happened. Guinea pigs. <laughs> oh man, would that not be weird if Yellowstone Park got just taken over by guinea pigs? <laughs> they start uh, installing little wheels everywhere. <laughs> Well, we got to take care of them now. <laughs> Just everywhere throughout the park. That's funny. Wow. I wonder if this you... gone? This has gone weird. So, it, if it wasn't weird enough. Anyway, the invasive species thing in the national parks is a big deal. Uh, uh, some of it's grasses and and stuff like that. You know, it's uh, well, it's true. When plants. You, yeah, when you have different uh, creatures eating different things whether it be the grasses or maybe they're eating the grasshoppers that used to maintain the certain grasses down or you know whatever those things are it all changes well i mean it completely changes i mean i saw it at at our farm i was telling the wife you know why the grass looked so green and lush at the front it's because i mowed it down several times and got rid of all the junk you know, that was in there, the invasive species and the native grasses are now growing up and are beautiful. Well, and, and because you graze cows on there on occasion, you'll run the cows through there. And uh, and it has been proven over and over and over again when they take the cows off of grazing off of ranch land. Right. Which, you know, it used to be elk or right, right. whatever. And when you take them off of there, then the... Uh, the gra- native grasses don't grow the you know their manure doesn't fertilize them whatever all those things are that mm-hmm. keep that healthy ecosystem rolling and then you pull them all out and you try and manipulate it or manage it differently and it goes sideways yeah anytime you have those changes so i could see it being a big issue i would definitely i, w- I mean that I would be a be- hot topic yeah I want to be a cit- I'm a. I'm going to just be a citizen scientist. I'm going to get shirts made up that just say "citizen scientist" in bright yellow across the back. So when I'm walking through a park, the people just go, "Oh, uh, I'm gonna excuse get- me, uh, sir, are you uh, a CS?" I have a question. <laughs> uh, excuse me, how many kilometers is it? Uh, my my shirt's going to say uh, hashtag Tenderfoot. Don't be a Tenderfoot. 
All right. We're going to do. I'm not going to be, be watching the outdoor zone. I'm going to be walking next to you going, this guy's a dork. Ouch. Look oh, at this. Ouch. Oh, yeah. <laughs> McBride's guns, the way society's pounding on our rights to own guns, it's imperative we support our local gun shop. The one we trust with our constitutional rights is McBride's guns. McBride's guns has a gunsmith on staff to help you adjust, repair, and modify your firearms. Looking for a youth model rifle or shotgun? Go where the staff is skilled and trained to help you make the right choice. You'll find McBride's in the same place it's been for years, the corner of 30th and Lamar. You can call them at 472-3532 or online at McBride'sGuns.com. McBride's Guns is our hometown gun shop. Coming up next, Gabe Warden Field Notes. You don't want to miss this. Man, There's these guys are rocking it out. We have the best Game Wardens Hallelujah. In, the, in the world. You get it only one place. Right here, 24-7, 365 at theoutdoorzone.com. Forest Dale Wood, and you're listening to the Outdoor Zone. Fish on. It's finally here. Today's the day I had a 12.50 yards. Right. Welcome back, regulators. It's the Outdoor Zone, live in the bunkhouse. Bigger savings, more inventory, and thousands off new Ram trucks. And hey, at the Nile Maxwell Supercenter. And, hey, did you know that the 2019 Motor Trend Truck of the Year was the Ram 1500? It's the also the Texas Auto Riders Association's Truck of the Year. Better performance, more, more efficiency, and new technology, and more than 100 safety features. And if you like to travel or spend the day at the ranch or at the lake, this truck is perfect for you. It can tow more than 12,500 pounds. Super center size selection and savings at the number one Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram sales leader in Central Texas, Nile Max. Maxwell Supercenter, 620 and 183 in Austin, or visit them online at nilemaxwellsupercenter.com. Now it's time for your Game Warden Field Notes. These are the stories of the brave and courageous men and women of law enforcement, defenders of the outdoors. These are true Game Warden Field Notes. November 9th, the Pecos County Game Warden acquired a search warrant for a residence in Fort Stockton that was known to have a live American alligator as well as other illegally obtained live species. Unfortunately, the resident of the house had moved out a week prior to another location in town. Left at the house were two ornate box turtles and one red ear slider, which were relocated at the request of the landlord. Later in the day, the wardens were able to meet with the suspect to conduct an interview. The suspect was asked to write and sign a statement about all the animals he had, where he had got them, how he got them, and where they are now. The written statement admitted that he had possessed an American alligator and other species, but had released them a week ago near the road where he collected them. 
The suspect consented to a search of his new residence to prove that he no longer had any other animals. Citations issues issued cases pending. That fits with our weird species yeah, and yeah, weird yeah. places. Right. But where in Fort Stockton <laughs> did you find an alligator? I don't know about that. Well, there's alligators. There's alligators all over the state. I know that in South Texas. You got them South Texas, East Texas. Where, where we've had, but, you know, we've had, like, buddies who've had ranches and they have a little stock pond or just right. what used to be a stock pond or whatever, just down to a little bit of water left. But they'll have, they'll show up one day and there'll be an alligator in there. Giant alligator. Giant alligator or yeah. whatever in there. Yeah. And just like, oh my gosh, what? Where in the world? <laughs> yeah, they uh, they they'll travel. Go. Yeah, they'll go. They'll travel way. to follow water. Yeah, mm. but it's it's not uncommon in Texas to have alligators around. You know. So, I had somebody was talking to me. What was it? Recent? Oh, Jerry Dunn. Yeah, the old fishing guide at Choke Canyon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he connected with you. Yeah, and and I got in on the conversation. He sent that donation in. By the way, so good. And uh, so we used to fish with this. Uh, there was a fishing guide on Choke Canyon. His name was Jerry Dunn. Legendary. Legendary, Jerry Dunn, the fishing guide on Choke Canyon. Uh, and you and I. Uh, fished with him and nolan ryan and reed ryan and and all those guys down there when the ryan's owned that uh the nolan ryan in the nolan ryan in you'd go down there if you were a kid you'd get an autographed baseball card by nolan ryan at, if you ate dinner there and yeah it was a cool cool deal but it got me thinking about choke canyon and that's one of the places where uh we've seen some ginormous alligators alligator gar yeah, uh, that's the that's the, actually the one lake that I've accidentally uh, hung on to an alligator, hooked an alligator. Uh, we were fishing way up the river, and we were flipping these trees way up the river. It was a big bass tournament, and we were flipping the trees with big old jigs. I mean, big old one-ounce jigs, you know, flipping in these trees. And thunk, I set the hook. I got a bite. That's the international sign for a bite thunk <laughs> and uh i set the hook and that sucker goes screaming under the boat and i said get the net we're about to win a boat or a truck or whatever first place was <laughs> get the net and then all of a sudden yeah you know it's like <laughs> and it just stops and i thought what so i lift up and it pulls back I lift up, it pulls back. All of a sudden, a line of bubbles comes up. Oh, I surfaces. know that. I know that line of bubbles. Yeah, that's, I guess, what they do. There's uh, little spikes on their back. I guess they vibrate them real fast uh, in a nervous or, or frustrated situation. And, uh, and they, yeah. So, anyway, at that point, my partner's like, alligator, cut the line. I'm still like... It's just got me wrapped around a tree. It's a 14-pound bass, I'm pretty sure. Just got me wrapped around a tree. Just need to let him swim out. He's like, cut the line. See the bubbles? Cut the line. And uh, cut the line. And about, oh, I don't know, 60 seconds later, 
two eyes surface about 10 feet from the boat looking straight at us. And it's this giant alligator. And he just goes, and no, spit he, your lure back up no, on the deck he, of the boat. He actually, <laughs> the ironic part was, is he, is he, you know, came up and then he started kind of like grinding his teeth and you could just hear. Oh, wow. As he was like chewing it, you know, or whatever. And uh, yeah, and then spit it out, I'm sure. But uh, yeah, that was my experience with. An alligator that I, was unattended, obviously. I mean, yeah. I, that well, was. Well, there's nothing you can do about that. I, but it's, there are a bunch of them there. We've seen a bunch bunches of, them. of them. So why don't people go down to, I, you ne- you used to hear about Choke Canyon all the time. Well, it got real, it got real bad, real low. Right. For a while, lost all the grass, fishing got real tough. And then oil came in behind. Uh, all the oil workers came into town and filled up all the hotels. So you couldn't get, get any, you know. The roads were terrible because of all the oil truckers in and out, and the, uh, there was no place to stay. You know, all the rooms were booked in town. Those right. guys, those people were making their money while they making you know hay while it was growing, and uh, and, and but I did get a report a week ago that Choke Canyon's on fire and catching some big fish out of Choke Canyon again, so. May have to make a little day trip. I've made day trips down there. I mean, it's only oh, an yeah. hour and 40 minutes away, so you can drive an hour and 40 minutes, fish for the day, and drive an hour and 40 minutes back, you know? Maybe well, two hours. Well. Sounds crazy <clears throat> if you're in any other state other than Texas. You're like, oh, I'll drive two hours to fish for a couple uh, hours. I was with somebody this weekend in Georgia, and they are going like, everywhere in Texas is four hours drive. You can't even get across. Do like, that yeah, in the morning. Like, Hello. It's a long star state. Get over it. And do it before breakfast. Hey, uh, all right. It's the Outdoor Zone live in the bunkhouse. We'll be back on the flip side. Hey, we're going to talk on the flip side at the top of the hour. We're going to talk about gifts that you would get for a boy or a girl, outdoor gifts for a boy or a girl. And we'll see what we come up with and see how it compares to what you're shopping for right now. It's the Outdoor Zone live in the bunkhouse. We'll be back right after this. It's the Outdoor Zone.com and the Outdoor Zone Radio Network. <laughs> 